Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dotson, and my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey. And Garrett Bryce. How's it going? It's going well as we wrap up our 2023 rookie wide receiver class. Uh, rookie class as a whole. Woo-hoo. This is it. No more film watching. I know. All yep. done. Until after the draft and some guy gets drafted a little bit higher than I didn't know who he really... I didn't watch his tape. I go back and I watch double, his tape a Double bit. back. Watch yeah. a little bit extra. Wait, who? Yeah. Happens, so, a, happens every year. So does. what we're going to do is we're going to break down these rookies on this episode, the Nerd episode, the last... Uh, what is it? About 16 guys? 12 guys? Today? Today yeah. is 12. 12, 12 yep. guys. Uh, break those down. It's a couple names to talk about here. And then next week, right before the draft, we are going to kind of give you our overall rankings and talk draft strategy. So next Mm -hmm. week's a big show as well as we're going to take the three of ours and Jared's uh, rankings, combine them, get an ADP, talk about those rankings, talk about um, some draft strategy. I've honestly got a lot to say. I was hoping to, st- I, I can't talk about this episode. You have a lot to say? I do. No. I do. I am shocked. Uh, about draft strategy and about this class as a whole. Yeah. Um, not all of it great and not all of it bad. So I have a lot of things to say. So we'll get that next to you right before, you know, obviously before the NFL draft. And then, of course, we'll record that Sunday night uh, of mock draft and overall rankings for you to have Sunday night before your rookie drafts kick off on Monday. Yep. So perfect. Look for, and I'm, we might have some like you know, might do a couple of videos here and there. Like we'll be, we have a big. Uh, we're all going to get together in New York and watch the draft together. That'll be fun. So we'll be there for the entire NFL draft. This is the together. first time we've done that. It will be the first time. I'm excited. It's a new tradition we're going to start. I love so, it. Love we, it already. Haven't even yeah. done it, but I love it. Might anyway. have to get like a web webcam or something. Maybe. <laughs> we'll do some Twitter lives. Check it out. Maybe come to YouTube. We'll make some YouTube we'll content see. maybe. So check that out. Um, so we're going to dive into these rookies. A lot to talk about these guys. Some interesting concepts. We'll break them down. But before we do, we got to tell you about Underdog, our, our favorite best ball site. And Underdog is, like I said, it's best ball. It's not just NFL, but... You know, but that's what we play. It's a real good time to get in and you play best ball. And if you don't know what best ball is, it literally just, you draft a team versus either, you know, one person, three people, six people, 12 people, eight people. And at the end of the year, once you're done, that's it. You don't touch the team again. Every week, it will calculate your best lineup. And at the end of the year, the first and second place players or third, depending on how big your league is, or just one, get paid out. So it's a real fun way to get out there. Do your favorite thing in the world, and that's draft. Flex like, those draft muscles, man, you know? I do it. I, and I've been doing this for years, even before they were an advertising partner with us, is I have a draft going once they open up nonstop. Like literally seven. nonstop to August, because I just love the draft so much. And I get on there. It's perfect for Dynasty players because, you know, we study the game so much. Like, we know right. these players in and out. So you get on there. Stress-free, no worries, underdog, draft, 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 and super flex, regular drafts, rookies of second years. They have a lot of big contests as well, like best ball mania, where, you know, I said this before, our, our buddy Pat Coran, he won $2 million playing it. Uh, so if you sign up right now and you use the promo code NERDS, you're going to up to $100 instant match on your deposit. But even better yet than that, that match. Even better. If you make Even a deposit, better. as long as you make a $10 deposit and you use the promo code NERDS, you're going to get a free one-year subscription Woo-hoo. to Dynasty Nerds for $10. And what do you get for that? You get access to the Dynasty GM, which is everything's mm. moving to an app, uh, mm. hopefully sooner Eventually. than later. Yeah. 
Uh, everything's go to an app. Real You're going to get access to the Nerds Film Room where we watch all this film. You're going to get access to the Nerd Score, which debuts on... We are, we're doing a, the live YouTube show this coming Monday. This so coming Monday. 24th. So you get Can't access wait. to Nerd Score and uh, access to the Dynasty Nerds website, which is great, and our Discord channel and all of that. So for as little as $10, you're going to get that for a full year. So Such you're going to go deal. through the entire Dynasty season. So... By, if you sign up today, you're going to have it all the way through next year. You're going to watch all that film, get all the rookie analysis all the way up till next year as well. So check it out. Download that. $10. If you're already a Dynasty Nerds subscriber, we're going to send you the most comfortable t-shirt in the world. Guaranteed to increase your high five. Take a Dynasty Nerds t-shirt as well if you sign up. So even if you're already a user, you're already a Nerd member, we're going to hook you over there. And I've heard, I had a buddy uh, reach out to in my league. He's like, man, I'm a member. Um, but I really like, oh, I wish I could get a free nerd shirt. And uh, he's like, what if my wife signs up? <laughs> and I'm like, all right, well, have your wife sign up. That's cool. $10 t-shirt. Plus you could win money on underdog. Like, I was, yeah. So his wife, he signed. So he's like, he says, he was already an underdog member. He was already an underdog and member. a dynasty nerds member. And a dynasty nerds so he member. wanted a t-shirt. So he had his wife sign up. Yes. And he screenshot, he screenshot it to me and Brilliant. I was like, I'll send you the shirt. So he's like, yeah, he's like, what's awesome now is he's like, I put, he's like, I put 50 bucks in her account. So now I have two underdog accounts, but now I have a hundred dollars in her account. <laughs> so not only that, do I get a free shirt to my, uh, my favorite dynasty site? I also get a free extra 50 bucks. So if you're looking a way to get like more addiction going on, that's another way to get on there as Bonus. well. Get your wife to get in there. Most there spouses love underdog. She might like a uh, underdog. Most husbands do too. So if you're laid out there, you want your husband you get in there, free dynasty nerd shirt, me a free uh, subscription. Done there you done. go. Check it out. Let's dive in, Matt. Let's the do The final this. breakdown, the final 12. It's a final countdown. Wow. All right. First up today, <laughs> even with Garrett over there diving into the don't, shallow end. Don't invite him I back. saw him do it. Yeah. <laughs> that was the shallow end dive, dude. Um, the first guy up. We're doing a shallow dive, not a deep dive. <laughs> oh, my head. <laughs> the first guy up this week is Jordan Addison, wide receiver. Southern Cal, five foot 11, 173 pounds. He ran the 40 in 4.49 seconds. He had a 1.56 10-yard split, 122-inch broad jump, and a 34-inch vertical. Last year in 11 games, he had 59 receptions, 875 yards receiving, and eight touchdowns, four attempts uh, rushing, and 33 additional yards. Normally, I go first, but I have a whole conspiracy theory for the last player. So, Rich, we'll have you go first. We'll go every other that way. That way I can put my tinfoil hat on at the end of the show. All right, I'm excited. All right. I'm excited to hear this conspiracy theory too, because I have not heard it yet. So. I can't wait to hear it also. He has kept this under wraps. It's it's elaborate. Yeah. So Jordan Addison out of USC, uh, you know, former obviously Pittsburgh wide receiver where he won the 2021 Blitnikoff right. uh, award winner. We actually had a hundred receptions, 1,593 yards, 17 touchdowns, seven rushes, 56 yards and a touchdown. So he had a monster year there. A little less productive at uh, USC, USC, but he did yeah. have the high ankle sprain, uh, but he still led the team in all categories, you know, receptions, receiving, and touchdowns. So he was still very productive there. So back-to-back years, consistency there. And Jordan Addison actually grayed out to be my number two receiver in this class. So he's my number two overall rookie wide receiver. He is only 21. At his pro day, he ran a 7.05 three-cone. So nice. It's, okay, it's I didn't not see too that. bad there yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Jordan Addison is a smooth runner. He gets in out of his breaks really well. Really solid route runner with really good feet. He's the 40 times nice, 449. So it shows that he's fast, but he's, right. he seems more quick uh, than fast. I think he agree with I, that. I agree with that. Uh, but I think he 
he moves fast and plays faster than that time speed. The 4.49, in my opinion, at least maybe it's the quicks that are, well, are going to get me. Do, do you have his 10 yard split? Because I think that was the difference. His 40 time was not that impressive, but his 10 yard split was one of the best in the class. 1.56. Oh, what, was it? Yeah, that's, that's what, what I it said. Here. Yeah, that's what I, I had could have swore. He had a fantastic. Maybe, maybe the pro day was different. I don't, I'm maybe, not sure. maybe that's what it was, yeah. but, but yeah, because his, I think his, his burst and quickness is awesome. Yeah. yeah I thought his burst and quickness was really good. Uh, and is this somebody who you can play all three levels of field and he had a dominant. Oh, I was thinking of Zay flowers, not Jordan Addison. Gotcha. I mixed okay. the two up in my head. That's what it was. Yep, yep. He dominated 2021 and he looked really good last year. I loved him. Mean, he just turned 27 as well. So he's a lot 20, of room. 27. Brandon Whedon. Whoa. <laughs> he turned 21 on the 27th of January is what I'm about to say there. So he's got a lot of room to grow his game as well. Sure. Uh, which is, it's another attractiveness to me in this receiving class, because listen, this receiving class is not great. You know, and I'm going to talk mm-hmm. about next week more in depth because it did not, I did not come away overly impressed with the receiving class at all. I think there's a lot of wide receiver two, wide receiver three ceilings in yep. here. Uh, but Jordan Addison, somebody who actually, I don't mind at all uh, in this class. You know, his size is going to be his number one negativity. He's a hundred, came in at 173 pounds. I think it was actually, and then his pro day, I think he weighed in at like 170. Yeah. I think it weighed a little bit lighter there. So, so he, you know, in size, it shows like he, he's not very good in contested catches, uh, not a ton of production with the ball in his hands. So he lacks that power there. Uh, I thought he could off the line a little bit better than he did. Uh, his drops at times were an issue early in his career. But he did get better he every cleaned year. It up. So yep. like in early in his career, he he dropped fourteen percent of his passes, ten percent his sophomore year, but only three point three percent his junior. So if you see it, there's a stat out there that says he dropped one out of every thirteen and a half catches. But he cleaned it up every single year. So I do like that. I am for two for two drops this past season. This year. Yep. Yep. He, he his time at Pitt, he had dropped a lot more yeah. than he did at right. USC. Mm-hmm. So I mean Jordan Sanderson to me seems like somebody could be a really good PPR wide receiver. So that's why he kind of screams to me. Like this is a guy come in, be a very solid PPR guy, a very good number two on an NFL team with the room to grow. Like there's a path. If Jordan Aston could put on some weight here for him to be a team's number one receiver. It's just, he, he's got a little bit of growing here to do as well. But I think, I think out the gates, he's something come in and to say NFL can kind of help your team pretty quickly with his route running, his speed. And that's the thing. Hands. I think he's, one of the, if not the most precise and crisp route runner in this class. So just from that standpoint, I think he's going to be able to come to the NFL and, and kind of acclimate himself pretty quickly and, and, and contribute, uh, you know, relatively soon compared to some of these other guys in this class that I feel like need a lot of work. Um, so he, he's a much more finished product and only being 21, that's impressive. So that, that's a good sign for him. The size is an issue. We've seen other guys, um, come to the NFL and be successful with the same kind of skill set. He, he separates, you know, he's not great with, um, you know, in the contested catch type of stuff. Cause he's not big. He's, he's not overly strong or anything like that, but he gets separation in his routes mm-hmm. and he's a crisp route runner. So I don't think it's going to be that much of an issue for him to get the ball in his hands. Um, uh, so from that standpoint, I, I like him. I, I, he is my number two guy as well, just because I think he's polished. I think he's ready to contribute right away. I don't know that there's a huge upside. I don't think he'll ever be a wide receiver one. Probably not. Um, that's not how I view him. But I think he's going to be a, a real solid wide receiver two. He could be the Devontae Smith to A.J. Brown. I, I think definitely he could play that role. 
in an offense uh, and any, any offense in the NFL. Yeah, I, I have uh, him one spot below you guys. So I have him at wide receiver three. Um, a, a guy I think we'll talk about next episode ended up leaping him for the second spot. But there is the, the reason that I like Jordan Addison is I think you guys, especially you, which I think maybe are a hair higher on his ceiling than I am. But I think he has a very safe floor overall when you can run as crisp of routes that he can run uh, when you can get the type of separation that he can uh, by all reports like he seems like a good kid things like that. Um, So I don't have any really big glaring concerns. Obviously, the catch radius isn't impressive and the physicality isn't that impressive, but that's kind of built into when you hear a size, you're like, oh, he's probably right. not going to do some of those things very well. And, and and to that point, he ran a lot of screen passes and had a little bit of success at the college level, which I'm not sure that kind of stuff is going to translate to the NFL. So he's going to have to work something else out in, in those kind of scenarios because I just don't think he'll hold up at, at his size doing all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, and I think... Uh, so it was interesting for quickness. I gave him an eight and a half. I think he's a very quick player. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I got him and Zay flowers confused because spoiler alert, he's the second guy on my list. Um, and so automatically I went to him, uh, but I think his quickness is very good. I think his burst is solid. I think his speed is above average, but it's not as fast as I want him to be for a guy of that size. I was kind of hoping for a little bit more game speed when I watched him play. And I think it was good, but I don't think it was that much above average, which you know, some of the other small guys on, on this list, they're burners, you know, they can, they can make some big plays happen. And so I think if there was something that I was like a little bit disappointed in, I think that was the one thing, but all of that being said, I think he's a very safe player. He's a guy that I would be comfortable drafting in the first round because I don't like to miss on guys. And I don't think you're going to miss with Jordan Addison. He might not ever end up being that, you know, go to number one guy, but I do think he'll be a solid fantasy contributor for a long time. Is he, where is he, when you do like an eval, do you see him as a Terry McLaurin type who's never going to make that? Or is he a, 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 like a little bit below him? Terry's better than a contested catches. Right. I think he's a little he bit below like a Terry, but like in right. that, in that range, but like probably he's probably always going to fantasy wise. Yeah. I, I think that's a good place to put him. I think there's some differences in their play style, but, but yes, like fantasy wise, we've kind of always wanted Terry McLaurin to be a little bit more than he has been. And he's always been this like productive low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three, Robert which is woods, which is valuable, right? but not anything crazy. So I, I think that's, a fair comparison for what I think production his ceiling wise. fantasy production. production, not game style. Exactly. I'm just saying exactly. From a fantasy yep. standpoint. No, I think that's a good fantasy production comp. It'd be interesting to see where he goes. And instead, I mean, I've never seen a wide. I never seen a draft class where I'm. I've been so uh, anxious to see where these guys land because there's such a like a tier of players here that are just like okay, like they're not bad, but where do they go? Like, where's your opportunity? Because As Garrett would say, I've been very whelmed. Very whelmed. Yes. <laughs> this class is uh, special. And I got a lot of draft tip, tips and uh, stuff to talk about next week about it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Jordan Addison's one of these class. There's, I think I came away with there's about nine, eight to ten receivers I feel comfortable with. And that's it. Like, eight to ten that I feel comfortable with drafting overall. Um, get on my team. And he's, de- I said, at number two, I definitely feel like he's an asset. And that's another thing. Like, I don't even think there's like eight to 10 assets to the dynasty team. I feel like he could be an asset. There's eight to 10 guys. I feel like I like some of their upside. 
he's somebody I can feel good in my lineup pretty quickly. That's what I, I feel the same way. He's a guy that is going to contribute early. He's a guy that you can expect to have in like a wide receiver three role, probably in his rookie season and, and maybe not all the time, but for a chunk of the season anyway, mm-hmm. and, and feel pretty good about that. You'll see a lot of running backs go early. just about where do they get drafted and where's the opportunity. So right. uh, interested Jordan Addison, very solid player. Definitely should be on your boards. It, should definitely probably in a one QB make your top six uh, overall picks in, in that, in in that, that range there. Yeah. That if, you, if you need a receiver and you don't love the risk of like an a chain, a Charbonnet or a Tajay Spears um, or an Izzy, if that's your guy, uh, you know, I think Addison's a good, we're we talking about a Vanna Canna. Yeah. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> no, uh, dude, people, I, I mean, people, people love, love him. him and his it's size, a size, speed, it's a size speed thing. Dude, yep. Size speed is great and all, but like you still have to have vision. You still have to be able to like, I'm taking Jordan, back. Jordan Addison 100 times out of 100. Yeah, I'm taking over Jordan over him every time. Oh, yeah, me too. But that I'm, being said, I'm probably taking a lot of those running backs that you mentioned before I'll mention above a, Addison. I'm taking a lot of running backs here in this class. But, you know, that's the thing. This 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 class is really deep at running back, but there's only so many opportunities. And that's, that's true. Again, we're going to head over to tells. I have a lot of this stuff to talk about next week. I, I, I got a lot of things to say. Um, definitely about like rookies as a whole and overall draft the way you draft and play mm-hmm. dynasty fans ball. People laugh at me all the time. Like rich, you trade your draft picks away all the time. I keep cashing those checks. All right. Next so guy, so moving please. on to the next guy, um, Jalen Hyatt, Tennessee wide receiver, six foot, 176 pounds. Oh, nine inch hands. I forgot, I forgot to mention the hands on the guys to mention the hands. Um, uh, 4.40 in the 40, 1.50, uh, 10 yard split. 135-inch broad jump. Whoa. Pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. And a 40-inch vertical. Last year at Tennessee in 12 games, he had 67 receptions, 1,267 yards, and 15 touchdowns, one rushing attempt for zero yards. 2022 Belitnikoff winner. Yes, he He was. was. And he was kind of under the radar for most of his career until he played Alabama. And then the Alabama game happened. Five touchdowns? Five touchdowns in a single game against who traditionally people view as one of, if not the best teams in college football. So when you can put together that type of highlight reel in a single game, just running wild, it's, it's impressive. And that's going to move you up people's draft boards. And I think that had a lot to do with, you know, why he's being talked about as one of the top tier guys in this class. For me, after watching the tape, I do not have him as one of the top tier guys in this class. Uh, Third tier. A lot of it's, it's weird to call a player Fugazi that you kind of like at the same time, but his numbers are it, real Fugazi. It, it, they are. They are. And he is someone that will fill a good specific role in the NFL. Yeah. And I think will be a very good help to an NFL team. I don't know other outside of best ball underdog. He would be a great place to be drafted, sure. but I don't know that I would want him on my fantasy team starting regularly. Uh, so he got one of the worst release scores in this class for me, uh, partly because we never got to see him do it. Yep. Well, let's say how to give him. A, I, I was actually wondering. <laughs> he was free as a bird. So they, bird. they intentionally schemed him consistently in the stack. Art Bryles. He was used almost exclusively in the slot or off the line. So 89% of his yeah. uh, routes came from the slot. He had significantly less press coverage. Like it was it averaged around like 200 to 300 reps of press coverage over these wide receivers career. I it, wrote, I wrote the one time I saw it, he was affected and couldn't break, break dude, through the he, one time. He, <laughs> he had 31 snaps where he faced press. Guess how many catches he had? One. Yeah. 
So that makes sense. The one time I saw it, he didn't look great. It affected. He did it. Him. So they one. intentionally yeah. schemed him to not have to deal with that. He's not good enough for NFL teams to scheme him that way. They're not going to go right. out of their way to allow him to make those types of plays consistently so, at times. Sure. So he got the lowest release score out of anybody in this class for me. A lot of safeties he was running against. A lot of safeties. A lot of blown coverages. Only half um, so only half. Just half. So obviously we we're, we mentioned it. Great top end speed. Uh, a guy that can get downfield. He's got decent length to him as well. So he can you know have, have a bigger catch radius than some of these other speed guys that we're talking about. So good burst. That kind of stuff tracks the ball fantastic down the field. I wrote he taxed the ball really well. You there you go. Saw. There you go. There you go. I type like I talk. <laughs> he tax it. Uh, so there, there are a lot of good things to his game. But when we're talking about a player that was probably going to be drafted, right now it's looking like the top two rounds of the NFL draft, probably second round. Maybe if things don't go well, maybe third round. But a day two guy. Second round. I think second round is the most likely scenario for him right now. I just don't see enough of a well-rounded game for me to be that interested at the price point that he's probably going to be going in your rookie drafts. See, I don't know where he's going to be going in your rookie draft because you should probably go in the back end of the first of your rookie draft, right around there, maybe high second. Um, so it sounds like we just kind of poo-pooed on Jalen Hyatt a little bit. So let me let me kind of take it back. Yeah, yeah, a little be, bit you'd more be a little here. nicer than I was. Um, he did put on a little bit of weight as pro day. He came in at 184, so a little bit heavier than 176. Ran a 7.06 uh, three-cone as pro day as well, which is pretty good for, you know, being That's, six foot. Yeah, I'm yeah. solid. That's pretty good. Um, I'm, I'm, su- I'm, su- I'm surprised by that, to be honest, after seeing his movement skills and his inability to sink his hips. And that's at 184. Like yeah, he did at 184 sure. pounds. So he actually did a pretty good three cone there. I want to bring that up there at Tennessee. Uh, you, we mentioned a Blinnikoff winner, but he. So here's the thing, you know, going going back to the negatives just a little bit. Like he did it all under Art Browse. And if you wonder what he does, is like Art Browse runs these schemes where people are literally just schemed open. You know, out of the slot where they're facing the safeties. Lot, you know, you get like Garrett said, a free cushion to run, and you have these like deep routes that you just go and you win. You know, we saw Corey Coleman win. Yes. Uh, a high the Blitikoff under um, Art Bryles and become a first round pick and never pan out. And to be honest with you, none of Art Bryles players that went in those top rounds ever pan out. The best one of all time literally had the worst stats of all of them. That was Josh Gordon. Josh yeah. Gordon only had um, out of those 714 yards and he went the second round to the Browns had that one monster year was nice guy overall. But I mean, he had guys like Kendall Wright, Donnie Avery, Corey Coleman. Uh, they were was, all drafted. Was, Mims still, was he still there for Mims? I think that was the other coach. Okay. What Mims wasn't there. So you know, the this tradition is, continued. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. It, yeah. Michael Gallup, I think went to Baylor too. So um, he, he has a history of that, but sure. I mean, so the biggest thing Maybe I like, not. I feel is, like that's a no. On, that's a no. no. Yeah. He's got the height. Feeling high. He's got the vertical speed, which wins at today's NFL level. And when I really came impressed, what I Colorado really state, that's what it was. Okay. Nice. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> What I came away, what I liked the most about Jalen Hyatt is obviously you know, his speed, his acceleration, like the way he could win vertically is I thought he had really good hands uh, for a guy that plays that way. Mm-hmm. You know, being able to catch the ball away from his body. He, go, he can go up and get the football. And then he was actually good in space as well. So for, and, and the reason I bring it up is when you usually see a player like this, like the big, you know, the taller, like six foot, like a Will Fuller, essentially, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. who, it's a good comp. Smells like cabbage. Um, a Will Fuller, usually their hands, <laughs> hands. are super suspect, right? <laughs> Jalen Hyatt's kind of the opposite. Like, he's this vertical, deep threat, real good speed, 
good acceleration, who has really good hands. So I'm impressed with that. So that's what kind of like, even though like I have his numbers are Fugazi, a lot of blown coverages, a lot of safety crap. He does still have the ball skills for me with the go to speed in today's NFL that it still works. So when I'm amongst a class of average wide receivers that all have a ton of red flags that all, you know, look to me, look like a bunch of like wide receiver threes and fantasy and a couple wide receiver twos. And, and listen, with, people are going to get the draft capital in this class and somebody's going to hit outside of Jackson Smith and Jigma. Somebody sure. for sure is going to hit. Somebody's going to surprise us. Um, I think Jalen Hyatt does have some of the skill set that has a potential to be a fantasy football asset, right? Like kind of like that running back that could break off a couple big runs. I think J- Jalen Hyatt, if he can get the right draft capital in the right situation, um, I think where he might not be using and be a PPR monster, I think he could have to give you the potential to give you the yards and touchdowns to still produce on a weekly basis. I think he's. Ta- I think his hands are good enough, and I think he tracks the ball well enough, and I think his speed is good enough that he can still contribute from a fantasy football level. So, so he, you're a little higher on him than I am because yeah, I don't. He's intriguing to me from a fantasy football aspect. I, I think there's a lot of again. Listen, I, I just a, don't know that I would trust him week to week with his style of play and the lack of route diversity that we've seen from him. The release off the line, like there's just enough of those yellow flags that. I have a hard time believing, or at least early on, these guys can develop some of these skills. It, it's it's going to be hard for me. And, like, and there, like he had so much separation. Like I have no how. If he, I have no idea if he's good in contested catches. Yeah, you didn't see many at all. He only had five. He only had five contested catches. Period. Um, we mentioned the thing about press coverage. His route tree is really limited because, like I said, he played ninety percent from the uh, snaps. I I after watching it, you said about his hips, I thought he was a little tight hipped as well. So I was surprised by the seven oh five three yeah, uh, cone. Yeah. I did go through a lot of people pro days numbers for this uh episode. And I was like, oh a lot of people had a little bit better three cones than I thought too, just to say sure. it is a pro day. It's a pro um, day number. There and and you also have, we have to bring to attention as well, Cedric Tillman. Like so mm-hmm. Cedric Tillman went down and he stepped up. So there's a concern there, but it's also, hey, somebody went down, he stepped up. You can't hold that against him. But over the last two seasons, in the games that Tillman actually uh, played in, he never had more than 75 receiving yards. So, like, he didn't really step up there as well when Tillman was on the board. And then when Tillman was gone, which is, like, I think those six games, he averaged about 124 yards per game. So, in the offense with, you know, Art Bryles, with the situation, there's a lot of stuff that says, hey, this is all – not real life. Who, who do you have higher between the two? Do you have Tillman higher or Hyatt higher? For for me, while you're thinking about it, Cedric Tillman came in with a 72.75, Jalen Hyatt 71.9. So about look, a point higher. Let me look at my rank on Tillman <laughs> for me. So so it's very close then. Is what there, you're saying? The problem is these guys. Yeah, like they're they're. Let me put it this way. I think you guys are a lot higher than on Tillman than than me. <laughs> that's that's fair. <laughs> so, I mean, I I'm not like uh, so my breakdown of um, Hyatt here. I think he's. I have I, Hyatt slightly higher. I think he's. Okay. I think he's stiff in the hips. I think. I think he's run a lot of routes. I wa- I, I like started actually writing down the routes that he he ran. And, you know, obviously he ran, runs the go. He, he's got the post. He's got the out, the slant, the curl, the comeback, the screen. He's got all those kind of in his bag of tricks. He doesn't run any of them well, though, except for the go stuff and, like, the slant, like the slants, the stuff that you can just stick a foot in the ground and go. And go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that kind of stuff translates to, I think, is kind of, we'll call it upright. You know, we call it, we, we describe running backs as kind of upright runners. Mm-hmm. He's kind of an upright route he is. runner. Um, he is. And, and 
that doesn't lend itself to certain routes. Um, you're, you're not running the whip. Yeah. You can't run the whip if you, if you can't sink your hips, yep. you know what I mean? It's just, it's just not going to happen. And, and so if he's in an offense where he is highlighted just his strengths, if he's, if he becomes, um, what did they call, uh, Michael Thomas sl- slam boy, slant boy. Uh, oh, yeah, like, yeah. if he's in that kind of offense, maybe he could become something, you know what I mean? Like, and, and that's what he's going to have to be kind of, force fed into until he develops, I think, or just a straight go guy. I mean, you don't want him to be that for fantasy purposes. Cause you're just never going to be able to rely on the production. He just seems like your traditional Z receiver. Yeah. Like that's what he seems like to me. He seems like your prototypical yep. good. Sean Jackson. Uh, f- go so, deep. Yeah. I mean, yes, but Sean, yeah. Sean, Sean Jackson was able to contribute. Will Fuller, sorry. Will, Will Fuller's Will Fuller, are, I think yeah. Will Fuller is a very good cop. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so it's just difficult for me to say, Hey, you know, cause he's got some things, but I don't know that he's ever going to be able to be more than a wide receiver four or five for your fantasy team. Cause you, you're just not going to well, get it consistently. That's just draft class as a whole though. And that's to be fair. So it's like, where, where are you going to pick your poison in this draft class? And like I said, I mean, his speed and those hands are good enough for me to kind are. of bump him up for They're very good. I agree health. with that. And it, it's going to come down with the, a lot of these guys is like you said, like if he could fall into that situation with the slants and the go route, like we're going to have the same, like we're going to get real redundant if we keep saying that. Cause like a lot of these receivers we're going to talk about need to go into the right system. Like they got to right. They have to be placed correctly. Cause some of the guys we, I have the top of my list. Like who's in Houston I'm hoping right for now. outlier seasons. Who's in Houston? Robert Woods, Robert Woods and um, Nico Collins and John Mechie. Like mm-hmm. and John Mechie. if he went there, He's got a he's got a shot he to does. develop and be like the guy. And if maybe go, they draft Hooker because it sounds like they're not drafting a quarterback. If he if he goes to a place where there's already an established number one, he's number two at the very best, and will I mean like and then he's very hit or miss. So that's those are the kind of things I'm looking at the, when he gets drafted. It, but in he, some ways, though, I want him to get drafted to a team as a number two because I don't think he has the skill set and the physicality think, to be a number one. I know everything to be good at Buffalo. Basically replacing Gabe Davis. Yeah, replacing Gabe Davis. Like the quick yeah. slants to go routes with Josh Allen's arm. Yeah. Like the, the beat coverage. I think he'd be really good fit yeah. in Buffalo. I can see that. I mean, like, so again, say Jalen Hyatt gets drafted in the second round by the Buffalo Bills. So late second round by the Buffalo Bills. Like they give him a year to develop. Yeah. And I'm, then so I mean, then all of a sudden, like, oh, I like Jalen. Like, okay, the, this this kind of pans out for me a little bit here. So I like Jalen Hyatt. Replace like what they wanted Nestor's. Nicole Harmon to be in Kansas City. There you go. Another spot that you have, you have to like, you know, him, him and uh, Skyboard, two completely different receivers. Mm-hmm. So that can kind of off balance. Like he needs that, you know, yeah. like him and like, you can't say, well, Keenan Allen's like him and Mike Williams don't mesh, right? <laughs> like they don't, they don't fit there. There's going to be a lot like him and Drake London don't mesh. Um, but I think in Buffalo with Stefan Diggs, like that's a real good fit for him. And definitely with Josh Allen at quarterback as mm-hmm. well. So there's a lot of places where Jalen Hyatt does work. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I think it goes back to like how good I thought his hands will were in the way he attacks the football with that size and with that speed. I'm not as negative as you are. Like mm-hmm. I do see a path. Like I said, that Buffalo, path, I see a path for him to be actually fans football relevant that. And again, I don't think any of these guys are wide receiver ones outside of Jackson Smith and Jigba, but I think that clears a path for right. him. Now I'll say, okay, I see a wide receiver two path for him instead of like, Oh, that wide receiver three, we're finished the year because again, kind of like his college career, a little Fugazi cause he had, eight touchdowns right. and, and an 80 yard reception. Right, you know what I mean? Right. Well, I mean, you look to, you look at his week to week and it's very up and down 28, 73, yeah. 166, 58, 63, 207, Bam. 174, 100. It's a best ball player right there. It is a total best ball player. And, and 
that's the kind of production that you might be getting with, from a guy like this, just because that's what his skill set lends itself to. A very up and down roller coaster type of stuff. So that for me, on a championship team, he's a wide receiver four and five, a fill in guy, bye a bye week type of guy. Yeah. And I don't know how high you feel comfortable taking a guy like that. For me, it's not some. It's not in the first round. No, second round. Yeah, all so, the dude. It's gonna be all running backs. And they say, yeah. if you are like, oh, I can't believe you have Dalton and Cade so high. Like, well, I feel very confident in his ability. Hey, you, you'd be proud of me. I did a mock the other night and I took him. Uh, he was available in, even in one QB. He was available at 110. And I was like, done and done. Dalton Kincaid. Bam. Yeah. Because you feel good about 110. That. That's like great about higher that. I thought you'd say you took him at one five. No, 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 no I'm just take your pants off. Well, there you go. <laughs> All right. Next. All right. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> moving <laughs> up in Garrett's case. <laughs> Kayshawn Boutte, hey. LSU wide receiver, five foot 11, 195 pounds, nine and a half inch hands. He ran the 40 in 4.5 seconds, 1.58 10 yard split, 118 inch broad, 29 inch vertical, uh, the 20 yard shuttle in 4.25. Um, last year at LSU in 11 games, 48 receptions, 538 yards, and two touchdowns. He had one 41 yard rush as well. Yeah, this is somebody who's going to be very intriguing. You know, the last last name like Booty. Is he 20? Uh, 21. He's, he's the youngest wide receiver in this class. Yeah. He's young. So he just turned 21. He's I the youngest wide receiver. I have 5'7 as his birthday. So, like, he's not 20. He'll be 21 when the season starts. Okay. He's the youngest wide receiver yeah. in the class. He ran a 714 at his pro day. Okay. Three cone. So, not great, um, but not horrible. Listen, this. He's a very weird guy to watch. This. Yes. Because, well, you can't. First of all, you can't even watch his last year's film. And coming off an ankle, I did, and it didn't help. Coming off a broken ankle, right to start the season, that didn't sit, that didn't heal right. You had two to get two surgeries, two surgeries, right. So, and he also wasn't a good grace of the coaching staff. Like the coach, like literally, uh, what's his face had to come out. Uh, Brian, is it Brian Kelly, the coach there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, had to like come out and call him out. Yeah, you know I mean he's he literally said he's coming back to school, and then he had an off the field incident. And he's like, all right, never mind. Just I'm kidding. Go, I'm coming out because he's probably was getting kicked off the team. You know what I mean? So like. <clears throat> But when you when you talk about Kayshawn Booty, um, it's it's a very because it, you literally have to go back, right? Like you I have did. to go back. I, I watched well. this year, and I watched. I actually watched all three years. Okay, and not all the games, but yeah. right. I mean, when you look at his uh, his freshman year, like he breaks out at eighteen years old, and you know it's a year Jamar Chase uh, st- uh, sat out. Sat out. Uh, Terrace Marshall got hurt that year. So he had to come in and he stepped up. And when Terrace Marshall got hurt, like he, he dominated, he was averaging like 160 yards per game, somewhere around there. It was was something crazy in the SEC. SEC. So over the last couple of games, he was going over hundred yards per game. And then the following year, even after that, he comes out and just boom, out the gates starts dominating, had nine touchdowns uh, in the first couple games there. So he comes in, starts playing really well, dominating that season Clear like path to Belinikoff winner, breakout age, everything. All these guys that like the analytics that like mm-hmm. really get excited about like Keishon Booty is like this is wide receiver one coming into twenty twenty three. Breaks his ankle mm-hmm. and it was bad because it didn't sit right, didn't heal right, um, and he had to get another surgery. So on top of that, he also had to come back out. There's a new uh, uh, Brian Kelly came in at that point. I believe that's when mm-hmm. Brian Kelly came in. So he had a new coaching staff. He had a, this this bad ankle they couldn't run on, and you could kind of see too that he it, some of it had to do with the ankle because in the beginning of the year he was only averaging about twenty six uh, like yards per game, like it wasn't much. It was pretty bad, yeah. But then the second half of the season he was averaging almost seventy yards per game. So 
there's a clear like line there about like, okay, it probably was the ankle. It probably was Brian Kelly coming in there. Brian Kelly doing his little dumb dance in a circle around players that he loses. He's that was recruit. the corniest thing I ever oh, saw. Bro, dude, capital D, lowercase O, capital U C H E. That's Brian Kelly. Um, and <laughs> I was wondering what you're about to spell for a while. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm like, Oh God, here, so when, here we go. <laughs> when you're looking at the pros, you're like everything before the ankle injury, right? Like everything. Sure. And then, He's really good with the ball in his hands. His run of the catch ability is really good. He has good vision, good contact balance, good speed, good hips, good ball skills. But there's a lot of bad here, too, because his hands aren't ideal. He had a 12, almost a 13% drop. They're rate. inconsistent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Inconsistent is the best way. I mean, like. He lets the ball come into his body too yeah. much. Mm-hmm. Uh, way too much. Uh, his maturity, I said he was called out by the Brian yes. Kelly. There's a lot of issues there. A um, lot of plays where you're like, does he know what's going on? Yeah, like, or does he care? Does he, he know that the looks ball is completely even, disinterested? Does he know the ball is coming, dude? Adam? Right, like, so is, am I right? Like, he looks like I don't even care about like I don't even care about display. He's so inconsistent, like, but not even consistent in that. Like, he's inconsistent in his route running. Right, he's inconsistent in his catching. Uh, his his routes just get lazy yeah. at times. Like, yes. again, well, and you care? have to even wonder about the combine. Like, here's supposed to be this explosive athlete. Those numbers were not good. Four or five, 29 inch vertical. Like 29 dude, inch vertical. I saw, dude, I saw his vertical. I'm not number. far from that. Like, come on, when dude. I, when I was like 28 and broken, I could do about a 28 and a half inch vertical. I did it once. I know. So, and I'm 43 with zero athletic ability. I could probably get 18 inches. I mean, <laughs> nowadays. Like foot and half, foot and half. Yeah. I'm like, jump, I could probably do that. Jumping with ankle weights on basically now. I could jump over my dog. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's a small so you've dog. got nine inches there. That's halfway. But regardless, I mean, they weren't great numbers. Ugh. They were not. There, I mean, there were times when he was running around and he literally got hit in the hands and just didn't even know the ball was coming. I watched this happen. Like, dude, turn your freaking head, man. You got to know you're a hot read right there. Like, give me a, give me a break, dude. So I, I, I don't. This is a, this is the type of guy that there, there's there's tantalizing skills that you see. There's too many red flags for me. There's Could it be George too, Pickens. There's too many red flags. No, I, I don't think this is either, a George Pickens. <laughs> he, he, he has the fourth lowest score for me. Yeah. Uh, now, granted, I can kind of combined it all there. So I gave him like a little extra credit on things that I saw him do good as a freshman uh-huh. that he didn't do good later. But there were some things I, that I couldn't let go of. I'm never going to go back to his fre- anyone's freshman. Sorry, not going to go back to your freshman well, year. But here's, here's the thing. I don't care how good you are and how injured you were. I'm not going back I, to your freshman I, year to see how good you are. I, I wanted to see it. I don't like doing it either, by the way. It's terrible. Not I don't like doing it. Doing it means but, nothing. Nope. But if that's the only time that you were this elite prospect, I want to see why. If, so I went back and watched if I have to why. Go back, if I have to go back three years to see something good. You're probably not interested. You're that's not, fair. You're not good. Well, I went back you're not, the only you're time no longer good. So, but I went back to look. There were, I watched <laughs> what I believe to be every touchdown. Okay. From his, his freshman season. There were like two of them that I was like, that was an awesome play. That was a really good play. There like, are some of those. Good for you. You could see that littered throughout. But like six of the other ones were complete failures by the defense that just he was complete blown coverages, wide open, guys falling down. Like they were just broken plays that he took advantage of. So I those those are suspect to me. Yeah. I don't know how much I trust all of that. Um, it, could, could you imagine a guy like this landing 
on a Bill Belichick team or something like, oh, like he would, he would never see the field. Well, unless Belichick cleaned him up, which he's done, which he has done. But I mean, I, like, you know, what? actually I, that's where he needs to go to a Belichick team. He can't go to the team. That's like, he can't go to Brian Kelly. Like, hey buddy, let's do a circle video. <laughs> Let me get a little, uh, he's, he's, he's he gets slapped on the butt, but like, <laughs> but not like a, not like the like oh go get him, uh, go get him guy. Yeah, uh, tap on the butt. Some more like, hey, it's a firm buttocks you got there. <laughs> uh, he's not about. off my Brian Kelly's <laughs> board. He's not off your board. He's not a guy I'm drafting. I, the only reason I'm saying he's not off my board is like if if for some reason he's there in the fifth round, like yeah, I'll take a flyer on yeah, him. You're right, but. I'm not going out of my way to draft him. Oh, see, to me, he's on like ah, probably like back end of the third. Like, just, oh, you just can have because, him because like this. I'll take some of your tight ends at the back end tra- of the third. Oh, oh yeah. Well, I expect them not to be there, so they're there. <laughs> the back, so I'm, I'm, I'm taking all even, those, even a lower tier dude, one. I'll take a lower tier tight end at the back end hey, of the third before him. Breaking news alert: I'm taking all those tight ends ahead of all these receivers, pretty <laughs> much too. To be honest with you, Sam Laporta, Michael Meyer, Mayer. Uh, Darnell Michael Washington. Myers. I'll take Michael Meyer with the mask and everything. I'll take Michael Meyer with I'll be stabbing Michael, uh, Brian <laughs> Kelly right in the eyeball. Um, yeah, so I'm you taking, said almost an eyelash. <laughs> yeah, cut that, their eyelash right off. Quit fluttering at me. You're going to learn today. That's right. You're going to get dust in your eye. <laughs> yeah, dude. This is a tight end class for sure. Like, definitely in tight end premium. Like, I'm way more intrigued by those guys. Those guys seem way safer to me and offer me some kind of, like, yeah. those guys will be on my roster for the next 10 years, right? Like, there's no promises here. So for me, for Kayshawn Booty, Kayshawn Booty, uh, like, I don't know, man. Like, he is, he's so, got so enough nice to like, put together. <laughs> well, you're not saying booty. Loves the booty. Loves the booty. Brian Keller, those butt taps. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's where that came from. No, <laughs> so, um, like, to me, like, there's enough raw skill there. Like, I feel like, is he, like, it, my last thing I wrote on him is, like, he's probably just a diva. Yeah, and I'm like, if, yeah. so, like, if I get mad watching a wide receiver, I'm not drafting him, dude. And okay. I can't sit there and watch this dude without getting pissed. So I'm not gonna watch him. I totally get it. <laughs> if he's off your board, I understand. But like, I'm just not. Gonna, I'm not there's gonna enough him. size and speed and strength there for me. Like, is there speed in the there right? Is not speed anymore. Not anymore. You're right. It's not there, there anymore. Not, yeah, go back two years. There's speed. It's not there anymore, guys. Sorry. I used to drink bottle of milk. You used to drink bottle of milk. <laughs> bottle. Milk out of a bottle. Milk out of a bottle. <laughs> I used to drink bottle of milk. Okie dokie. Yeah, they used to deliver to my doorstep. <laughs> and my mom would tell me to thank the mailman or the milkman in the back room. Those were the days. Uh, all right, let's move on to some of these guys. Speaking of the days, the best days are at FFPC. Head on over to FFPC. You want to be in a dynasty league. You want to make sure that it does not fold and that league is together until you are old and gray. Head on over to FFPC. They have never had a league fold. Best of all, they have lots of huge leagues that you can enter. You can enter some smaller leagues, 100 bucks. Enter ones that are 2500 $2, bucks. you can get in. So you, you enter a $2,500 league and you win it? Whoo. You're making some serious dough right now. That, that you retire is, in Mexico. That That's is right. not booty. That is not booty. Uh, it's pirate's booty. <laughs> there you go. Head over to myffpc.com. That's myffpc.com. Use promo code nerds. We're going to give you an extra $25 off your new entry. So go over there, find some orphans, new startups, whatever you want over at FFPC. 
Com. Yeah, I mean, everybody has a hard time joining new dynasty leagues. This is a place you need to go. Like, you want to be protected. You want to be looked at. You want to join a really safe, like, site to play dynasty. This is the place to go. Tons of people that listen live in, like, Wyoming. Uh, in, uh, Are you like, saying there's no one else in Wyoming? Okay, Montana. <laughs> there's nobody in Montana. Uh, like, some country. I, yeah, Joe lives there. Well, I, got, I mean, we have a lot of people that Obviously. live in uh, Europe. We have a lot of people that listen in Australia. Sure. Like, yeah, yeah. We have a lot of people that listen, like, in... We have a lot of people that listen in Europe and overseas. Great, right. overseas. And, and it's, and it's a little bit harder to find leagues there. FFPC is like definitely a good place for you as well. So sure. like it, not everybody, it's not just like, Oh, well, I, I could just join a league with my buddies. We're not, not everybody has the opportunity. And that's where yeah. this really comes in. It's my favorite place uh, for a community like that. So yep. check them out. All right. Moving along to our next wide receiver prospect. It is Jonathan Mingo, wide receiver, Mississippi, six foot one and three quarters inches, 220 pounds, 10 and three eighths inch hands. Wow. Um, 4.46 in the 40, 1.54 in the 10 yard split. He had 22 bench press reps. That's all I got for the combine numbers. Um, last year in 13 games, he had 51 receptions, 861 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, four rush attempts for some negative yards. So um, you want to know his three cone is pro day? I do because I didn't. Seven point oh four. Oh, that's not bad. Even better. Pretty yeah. good. At, yeah. For at almost six two. Six two two twenty. Two twenty. He moves really well for being that size. Really well. He does. I was very impressed when I watched Jonathan Mingo. Now there are certain guys that you you look at the production and you're like, okay, I can bank on it because of production. There's other guys where you watch the tape. <laughs> There's no production. There's not much production for for Jonathan Mingo. <laughs> no. uh, so this is one of the ones where you have to really go to the tape and you have to look at traits. Yep. And I'm a big traits over production guy. Me too. Uh, production's great. And I love it when they come together and you get both. That's awesome. But if I have to choose one, I want to choose traits over production. And that's what you have with Jonathan Mingo. Uh, he actually ended up being my fifth receiver in this class. Uh, now, lower class, but uh, 73.08. Sorry, snooty booty. Oh, no, look at him. <laughs> lower class. <laughs> Nose down over there, Garrett. Uh, <laughs> Let me get my, uh, <laughs> what's it called? It's a spectacle. Spectacle. Or not that, a spectacle. That, uh, you were about to monocle. say monocle. Monocle. That's it. Monocle. Ah, I was going to say spectacle. Too. I know. That's <laughs> what, wrong. That's why there's I, an exicle on it. Exicle. It's a I'm about Garrett a monocle for, for Christmas. <laughs> I would wear it. You would I would hundred percent wear. You look like somebody could wear a monocle yeah. too. Yeah, like, like, rocket. Maybe I would just do like the Garrett curly mustache. Top hat and a monocle. Be like. I always knew you had Look money. At this <laughs> Mr. Peanut looking mother. Welcome to the lower class. With your high heels over there, Garrett. Oh man. Sorry, keep going. No, I I might end up doing like the curly mustache then too. Oh yeah, you'd have to. You yeah. have to if you have a monocle. Yeah. Obviously. Clearly. Done and done. What, what, how the, what the monocle needs something to rest on? Yeah, yeah exactly. That little that little curl right there. Yeah. Boing, boing. It's like a little spring. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it fell down. Bling. All right. So Jonathan Mingo, back to Mingo over here. Uh, he is, he's the, he's the fifth wide receiver in this class. He got a 73.08, uh, very big, very physical receiver. Uh, but I was impressed with how well he moved uh, for a guy of his size. And I think that was the thing that I walked away from this. Look, he's not a, this elite quickness, but he has decent foot frequency. Um, his straight line speed is, is really good. Mm -hmm. I mean, evidenced by his 40 time, but but it also shows up in games. Some of the guys, you see it in the 40, but you're like, mm. and sometimes it's the opposite where they look a lot faster on the field. This one, I feel like they match pretty well. His his game speed and his time speed look about the same to me, and, and it's it's 
really good for a guy of his size can do some of the things after the catch. Um, his route rounding could, could use some cleaning up. It's fine. I wrote decent. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a fair way to put it. I think you, he, I think he has the movement skills to improve though. You know what I mean? Like he, exactly. he's, he's bursty. He, he can get in and out of breaks. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. And and we even heard the report from, uh, I believe it was Daniel Jeremiah, Ian Rappaport, somebody like that. that Two talked receivers about, at NFL yes. teams are way higher on than Twitter community. Yeah, that, that are moving Tillman, up people's boards are Tillman and Mingo. And Mingo. Those are the two guys that are, are moving up NFL teams' gotcha. boards. Tillman <laughs> and Mingo. Uh, and it, I'm so, good on one of those guys. Especially in a class <laughs> where outside of Jackson Smith and Jigba, my other three receivers are all under five nine. It's nice to have, or five nine or under. It's it's nice to have a guy of this size mm-hmm. uh, to be able to put up there. I think with the right grooming, uh, with the right uh, instruction, we could be looking at a legitimate X receiver in the NFL, which I can't say that about a lot of players. I agree. He, he needs to develop a lot of the intermediate stuff, mm-hmm. right? He's very good close to the line of scrimmage. He's very good deep. Deep. Yep. Um, and that's kind of where he's at now. I think we've seen this in the past with a guy like DK Metcalf coming out of the same program. Mm-hmm. He would he would run a lot of stop routes right there, or he'd run a lot of go routes. And that was kind of that was kind of his role in that offense. Um, I don't know if Jonathan I think Jonathan Mingo has done a little bit more than than DK Metcalf because DK Metcalf Literally was those two things. That was it. Mm-hmm. He either was running deep or he was faking like he was running deep and stopping and, and looking, a beef kick. and looking for the ball. Um, so Jonathan Mingo's got, uh, I think, a little bit more route running savvy coming into the NFL than a guy like that. He's not not as explosive, obviously, and and or as big as DK Metcalf. So I don't want to make it sound like it's they're not one in the same. They're not one in the same, but coming from the same program, similar traits, sim, some some similar traits. Um, so as as long as he develops that middle kind of ground that the, the intermediate stuff, I think for sure, he's a guy that has the physical skills to be a number one wide receiver. And we've seen it recently. And look, you have to scout the individual player. You can't just helmet scout, but there are programs that tend to do a better job developing their wide receivers than others. We've talked about all the time, Ohio state with Brian Hartline, they do a fantastic job, but look at all the guys that Ole Miss has put out over the past decade. I mean, tons of guys, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf. uh, We just had Elijah Moore come out. Like there've been some very good talented receivers that have come out of this program and that gives you a little extra hope that, you know, maybe he does have some of that background training that that step to the NFL might not be as big as it is for some other guys. Yeah, he's he's very intriguing. I mean, everything you guys mentioned with the size and stuff, I thought he got the line pretty well mm-hmm. as well for uh, something he did. Really, I do have a good really release really score good on him. Yeah, I thought he did that really well. I thought he tracked the ball really well. And I thought I thought not only did he track the ball well, I thought he used his body well. So he's a big receiver that knows how to, we see that a lot, right? Like, mm-hmm. You know, Quinn Johnson, for example, doesn't always do that. But like a receiver that you know, he's a big body receiver that knows how to use that body and like block out that defensive back to help him put him in a better position to catch the football. I thought he did that really well. And you mentioned the production's not there. So when you're watching the tape, there's not overly a ton to see. So you have to like really go in and just watch his tape in the film room where you could just see his plays and kind of get through it where his total career, 112 catches, 1,758 yards and 12 touchdowns. Um, I didn't love his burst. I didn't love, like, I didn't think he had a second gear. I thought, but I feel like he's fast enough. Um, he didn't get a lot of separation either, so he does have to work on that. He's that more probably, of a contested catch guy. It could probably come with better route running. That's why I thought his routes were kind of met. Mm-hmm. I think if he can kind of hone it up a little bit, I, do, I think he does have the hips. I think he does have the movement skills to 
do better there and kind of get that separation. So I understand when like when Jer- Daniel Jeremiah says, hey, there's here's a player that is right like on more NFL GMs boards, go into his tape and it, it immediately gave me some bias, right? Because sure. like I heard that and I'm like, but when I came away from it, I'm like, oh, I see it. Like, yeah. and, that, and more so I see it after watching this, hat, the, this hat class as a whole. So being him being the back end of the receivers of watching the tape and kind of like studying on, like it does make way more sense. Like if I'm an NFL team, like the same way where like I'm bigger on Marvin Mims and Cedric Tillman, like in the long run, kind of like at the end of our uh, process a couple of years ago, I was like, what I've realized is I'm way too low on Michael Pittman Jr. Yeah. Right? Like when you get to the end of all your tape watching, like it puts a lot of more stuff in clarity. Cause like early it's on, a, you're watching you all the finally got picks. everything in perspective, the whole class as a whole. The whole class as a whole. So to me, when I look at a guy like Jonathan Mingo, it's like, okay, like Garrett said, it, it sucks because we have a lot of receivers in the nerd herd, like the nerd herd episode we're going to talk about are like five foot nine. Mm-hmm. And they're like in college in their, in their skill set, like they're very talented receivers. Like when it comes to like talent wise, like these guys got like the cream of the crop where the big guys have a lot to work on. Like if you take all the talent from the small guys and put them in these big guys' bodies, like you have really good talent. And the problem with that, with these small guys being five foot nine or lower, like the odds of them ever producing, they have to be outliers. And there's one guy I do think that could be the out, could be an outlier. But for the most part, you're li- you're literally crossing your fingers and hoping for outliers. So the fact that you have all those guys in your top five, I just couldn't. Get, they're there, but they're not there because I don't know if I would draft them. And I'll tell you next week why. Because you're waiting for outliers. Because if well, you the- look at the history of of if you literally look at the NFL history, and I'm I'm a big um, I've been playing dynasty fans football now for like 19 years, right? Mm -hmm. I've been playing fans football now for like 25 years and I'm a really big history guy, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's like when I play poker, like I'm looking at, I'm looking at odds and all that, like that that all comes to effect. So when the history tells me that if you're five foot nine or lower and you can't find success in the NFL from a fantasy football perspective, that you're not the odds of you scoring a thousand yards in a season are really low. So which means you're going to have to be a PPR guy that worries me. Cause when you have guys that are that small, you're literally talking about outliers like Wes Welker, Brandon cooks, Marquise Brown. And I think there's literally only another one of the receiver that's even produced uh, at that level. At that Steve, skill set. Steve Smith, where was he at? Was he, was he five, nine? He or might, he might have been like right taller. at Deshaun Jackson's right in that same. So range, if you're five foot nine and a half, it doesn't count. Five foot nine. He's got a five foot nine. For the five foot nine so, or, young, or, or shorter. Right? So it does give me a little bit more excited going circling back here to a guy like Mingo who has the size, the strength. Um, when he gets the ball in his hands, he's run strong. Like he's tough to bring down. Uh, so it, we also, as I mentioned, he had a good combine. We also had a good senior bowl as well. So. It does give me, I just put out my tweet of my top like 15 guys. I just kind of ran out of characters and I did have booty on that list. And now if I had to retweet it, which it doesn't matter because one more week, I'm in my final rankings anyways. Sure. Like I would put Mingo ahead of Kayshawn booty. And so this is top 15 overall, not top 15 receivers. I, yeah, I just put them in tiers. My, gotcha. It was like my top, if you look at my Twitter at dynasty rich, like I put my top 15, one QB. I already tweeted out there. Like I put, I put Tyler Scott too low for something mistakenly. He would have been my third tier, but Mingo would kind of get into that probably fourth tier if I had to rewrite it right now. So uh, you, it's, it's how fluid these guys are. You mentioned that, you know, having smaller guys in the top five, the part of it is, there's just no one else to put in there. I get and that, it. And that's the tough part I of it totally is. totally get it, man. That doesn't mean I would necessarily draft them over the running backs yeah. or some of the tight ends, but they Don't have to go down. They have to go somewhere, and you have to put some guy, some people in your top five. But going back to Mingo real quickly, I think the other thing that we don't always focus on enough is what NFL teams are doing. 
And remember, NFL teams aren't only looking for skill. That is part of the equation for them. But they have certain roles that they need to fill. So there are going to be teams that Zay Flowers, Tank Dell, Josh Downs, like those guys are going to be off their boards completely. We got a guy that does the same thing. We don't need it. We don't need that type of guy. You know, so there might be a team where like, oh, I'd love him to go there. But there might be a team where it's just saying, we're not drafting anybody that doesn't fit this type of profile. Or we don't even use that in our offense. Exactly. So the Arizona Cardinals are 100%. 100% not drafted one of those guys. They've they got mi- they Brown missed, and, and more. They, and they <laughs> completely already missed on another guy that fits that exact same profile. Andy, Andy Isabella. Isabella. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, so they're 100% not drafting that guy. You, know you mean? would think. Speaking <laughs> of that. You, like, look at they you. Can learn look at you 100% and something. Oh, man. That, that works out most of the time. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm 100% right 50% of the time. There you 60% go. of the time, it works every time. All right. All right, so moving on, Jonathan Mingo, good prospect. We all like him, but uh, or so close to conspiracy theory. I know. I I'm know. excited about it. We are inching closer, but we got to get through this guy, Puka Nakua, BYU wide receiver, six foot one and five eighths, two oh one, nine and a half inch hands. Uh, didn't run anything at the combine. I have his pro day numbers. I actually have his pro day numbers because he didn't run anything. So Toe injury. Find him. Uh, so four point five five in the forty, fifteen reps. 30 uh, 33 inch vertical and 121 inch broad jump or his pro day numbers 732 three count why don't I don't know why where'd you get that 732 Dame Brugler has all the uh pro the official NFL pro days okay uh numbers the official ones 732 is pretty bad pretty Bad. Pretty, pretty bad. Last year at BYU, he in nine games, he had 48 receptions, 625 yards receiving, and five touchdowns. 25 rush, rush attempts for another 209 yards and another five touchdowns. So um, he was he was used in the rushing in the running uh-huh. game and in the passing game. Up. There at BYU. You're up because I, I got the last one. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. So Pakua. Puka, Nakua, Puka, Nakua, Nakua. I love that name. It's a fun oh, name. It is my mouth. I wish his talent was as fun as his name. Yeah, he's an interesting. Um, kind of have some Debo Samuel to his game, you know, because like we I mean, did have uh, they, some they, rushes there. They used him in the run game. Thirty-nine for sure. rushes, yep. three hundred fifty-seven yards, five touchdowns, average nine point three yards per carry. So he does have um, some Debo Samuel to his game. I thought his routes were de- decent. I thought he was a smooth runner. Um, he seems like he's a decent athlete. Uh, he did. Good in the contested catch situations. I thought he did good with the ball in his hands, showing good vision there. Obviously, you know, that's why I gave him the ball in the rushing ball. It's just when it, from a receiving standpoint, like he doesn't have any bursts. He doesn't get any separation at all, which helped, again, why he's in contested catches mm-hmm. situations all the time. Um, he's, he's got a decent amount of injury history. I mean, his broken, he had a broken foot his freshman year, and then like, and, not, and not, nothing terrible every time, but he's like always banged up. Like you mentioned yes. like even the combine, you had the toe, the, the toe injury, like you're going to compete the combine. So he's always banged up. He's somebody that's going to fall into the lines where like he'll, he should make an NFL day roster. He should make an NFL roster, but he's never probably going to be an NFL fantasy football relevant. He's, he's, he doesn't get yeah. a separation. He doesn't have the burst and like speed to really get it done. There's some things that you like, obviously. Yeah, um, there's the, the offensive coordinator um, saw enough in him that they wanted to use him in multifaceted ways. They got him the ball in manufactured ways. You know what I mean? They they gave him rush attempts. They got him the ball close to the line of scrimmage and let him kind of do things. So I think he's got some run after the catch ability. Um, he he rarely goes down. You know, with the first guy, I think he's strong. Yeah, he's, he's either, physical. Either makes that guy miss or he kind of can physically get some get some yards after uh, the catch. 
he's good, not great as far as route running um, goes. Uh, so I think that's him in a nutshell, though. I think he's good, not great. And I don't know, like you said, how that translates to a role in the NFL where they're going to manufacture um, stuff for he, him. He seems like more like he could strive like an XFL. You know what I mean? Yes. Like go get the money there. Like go play there. Uh, he has he has my worst score of the receivers. I was I was very underwhelmed. Um, I've seen way worse. I think there are guys that performed worse, but at least have certain skills where you can see how that would oh, yeah. translate. Okay. There's just there's I don't see any translatable skills. They didn't have anyone better at BYU, so they made sure to get yes. him the ball in a lot of different ways. But I, at the NFL level, that's not going to be the case. There, there's just, there's no translatable skills right. to be successful. So he, he's a guy that strikes me as a seventh rounder undrafted type of guy. But I, I just, I just, I have no idea how he will win. I literally have no idea how he will win. He's a decent contested catch guy. It's about it. And, but, and he was forced to do that though too, because exactly. of route running. So it's, Quicker DBs, the longer DBs are are gonna have no issue with him. He he falls in category for me, fifth, sixth round rookie pick at that. You know, I mean it depends what running backs are available, but he's again, I find a I find a hard I'm with you. Like I find a hard path for him to be dynasty fans football relevant. I'm I I'm with you guys on that one. I, I I'm not gonna have any shares. I'm and in the fifth or sixth round, I'm just gonna take a dart on somebody else. I'm probably not gonna take no. a dart on any of these late round wide receiver prospects. Yeah, for that part, yeah, you're right. Probably right. He probably actually should be more so just even off the board because it's. I'm just not gonna. I'm, I I think there's better opportunities at the tight end position. There's better Let's opportunity at get the running back to the conspiracy. All right. <laughs> Sorry to poo poo on Puka. Adios, Puka. Uh, so last our but last player, not least, but not from? least, Rakim Jarrett, Maryland wide receiver, five foot eleven and three quarters inches, one hundred ninety two pounds, nine and three eighths inch hands, four point four four in the forty, one point five one ten yard split, one hundred twenty three inch broad jump, thirty five and a half inch vertical, thirteen bench press reps last year at Maryland in eleven games, he had. 40 receptions, 471 yards, three touchdowns, three rush attempts, 15 yards, and no additional touchdowns, and a huge conspiracy. Give it to us, Garrett. So here's the thing. All right. He's an alien. <laughs> We're through Keem Jarrett. Uh, first and foremost, let me get this part out of the way before the conspiracy part. It's its, its own mini conspiracy, honestly. Wait, it's his conspiracy? No, this is my conspiracy oh. about him. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's a mini conspiracy. This is a mini conspiracy that before we get to the major rolls conspiracy. rolls into the bigger one. First okay. of all, all of the tape yes. on Jarrett, whether it's in our film room or on YouTube, literally like none of the games where he scored a touchdown are out there. It's like everyone intentionally put out the, his worst games. Hmm. Three touchdowns. So, Interesting. This yeah. year, but I, I'm talking even the freshman seasons, the sophomore seasons, it's, it's unless like, you watch a highlight. It's not like Neo do, dodging all those bullets. It's only three touchdowns, dude. This year, it was, five, year. it was five last year. It was five last year, but let's get to the main conspiracy. Right. Oh, game out there with him catching footballs. <laughs> Go ahead. There was conspiracy. once upon a time, yes. there was another receiver. That went to Maryland. Oh, boy. His name was Stefan Dix. Yeah. He was a five-star recruit. Yeah. He was a five-star recruit. Guess right. how many stars Rakim Jarrett was? 
judging based off his performances or no. just the, just, the just history, just take a history lesson? Well, just take a guess. I think it's going to be a conspiracy. I'm assuming it's five. Six. Bingo. Six. He was a six star, <laughs> star. only ever six star recruit. <laughs> Uh, no, he was a, yeah, he was a five-star recruit originally committed to LSU. He originally committed to LSU and then he transferred. I could have fallen or didn't transfer, but uh, decommitted and went to, uh, idol school. He went to Maryland. Both guys hail from the state of Maryland. Uh, so during his time there, which, which two guys? Both Jarrett and Dix. Oh, we're still paralleling Dix. Yes. Okay. Yes. Sorry. Uh, they they both are from Maryland. Uh, both of them underwhelmed during their time at Maryland. Both of them, their best season was 800 yards. Okay. Both players. Guess how tall both of them were at the combine? Okay. Six foot. Exactly six foot. Well, Rakim Jarrett. Five foot 11 and three quarters. But go ahead. <laughs> It says on the official NFL.com website. They round. Six foot. Did they? they? I don't know. They round. Either way. Is this conspiracy or help? Shh. I mean, both can see. Let it happen. Let it happen. Okay. All right. One weighed 195 pounds. Yeah. One weighed 192 pounds. Okay. That's three pounds difference. One of them can catch. One of them. (laughs) Do you let me finish? The other. (laughs) Go ahead. Sorry. This is my conspiracy time. You're right. I'm sorry. This happened. I didn't mean to cut you One ran. A four four six and Stefan Diggs. Yes. The other ran a four four four. Very similar. Very similar. They were also within two hundredths of a second on the ten yard split. Jarrett was also slightly faster in that, and only a half inch difference in their vertical jump. So we're talking about almost identical players. Is this a multiverse? Conspiracy? That's what I'm wondering. Or is this a time travel conspiracy? I thought we just get a 23andMe test. Okay. I, I think it might be a cloning conspiracy. Oh. Because on top of that, guess who was the offensive coordinator during Stefan Dick's time? Whoever came to Mike Loxley. <laughs> Mike Loxley was the offensive coordinator from 2012 to 2015, the time. Wait, Loxley? Uh, st- yeah. Like, like Robin Hood, Robin of Loxley, like that guy. L O C K. Next week, I'm gonna get out that uh, that letter does the thing between uh, John F. Kennedy and Abraham Lincoln, where like the letters in their name, oh, their secretaries, yeah. and all that yeah. stuff. Like, wow, That's things are getting real crazy yeah, around here. Serious stuff. He left to go to Alabama for a little bit, and then he came back, and he is now the head coach of Maryland. And so they even dealt with the same guy that. Tended to not get them their best opportunity. I think that even though watching his tape, I was underwhelmed. Oh my I did for not, the love of God. I did not love his tape. I sat through all that. <laughs> you don't even like the guy. But, <laughs> but guy, let me finish. Listen, I'm telling you, he's Stefan Diggs is clone. His tape did not impress me. <laughs> but what I did see. I like Diggs tape. But it's not. Uh, but I did see traits. I did see traits in his game. He was a very good athlete out oh, there. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, we Fast. saw him break lots of tackles. You would see him, and, and I went back and watched. Uh, physical with the ball in his hands, for sure. Very physical with yeah. the ball in his hands. There was oh, times he would go up and get yeah. the ball. Oh, yeah. um, he would make some guys miss. Like There was a lot of good things. I went back and watched his sophomore season, um, and even a little bit of his freshman season. I watched all three seasons, kind of like I did of Butte. Uh, he did not. And and so this is my question as to 
what to do with him because I think there were some similarities in Stefan Diggs with this as well. He didn't improve at all during his time. He looked just every bit as good his freshman and sophomore seasons as he did his junior year. And there was no reason that he shouldn't have been significantly better as a junior than he was earlier on if he was developing. So I don't know if they struggle to get these, these high recruits, what they need. I don't know if they don't know how to groom them, coach that. Like, I don't know what's going on there, but Maryland's not very good at football. Right. And even, even DeMoss that we, we saw last week, same type of thing where, you know, and his was more due to injuries, but we we've seen this out of some of these schools where if they would play somewhere else, it might've been a very different story. No, I feel like they're kind of the Auburn of, um, of the big 10, of the big 10. I can see that. Yeah. They, they get good athletes. They just don't develop. Them they never develop football, them. good football players. And, and it, it kind of reminded me of what we saw out of Donovan people's Jones, where you look at his tape. He was this, this good five-star player that had all of this excitement coming in and you see flashes of it, but you don't see it consistently. And so that's the thing that I'm hanging my hat on. His score is not very good because it is solely based on the tape but I will be ranking him and drafting him drastically ahead of what his tape score is. But I have to stay true to the tape for the tape score part. Real good speed. Thank you. Good size. I thought, you're I, thought I tracked the ball. Well, um, <laughs> my favorite attribute is with him with the ball in his hands. Yeah. Um, I thought I played really hard. He, it makes more sense now, like the way you guys describe it, like the Auburn, the big 10 and like they don't develop cause that, that thought process never even crossed my mind once. I don't think like that. Um, Cause I wrote like, I was like, he seems like real raw, mm-hmm. you know, like I, not real raw. I like, seems a little raw to me. Um, his drops are a little concerning to me. Eight I, drops last year, 64 targets, eight drops, 40. Yeah. Was it 40 receptions? Yeah. Yeah. Eight drops. It's, that's, that's a concern. 16 over the last three years. Um, wasn't really good at all in the contested catch situation. I thought his routes were not great, but again, I kind of go back to the mm-hmm. rawness of them. Um, I like his speed. I like the way he plays. I get getting the ball in his hand. So I came away with like, okay, like there's something there. Like if he can get coached up, there's something mm-hmm. there. Like I, I don't, he's like probably like in a fourth round for me, mm-hmm. uh, of this rookie class. Like there's something there that I don't hate, but again, the hands aren't that great. Um, he, over the last the two years before that, he had eight drops total combined, in, combined in those two years. So it wasn't as bad, but still like you, you expect people to get better, not worse in right. situations well, like and, that. And part part of the other reason I think they really struggled. I, I was looking up stuff about their offensive line. They're like their sack rate was one of the worst in the country. Like it's to, it's, it's to his younger brother throwing in the, the ball. Correct. Time. So, you know, those big plays downfield and those kind of opportunities just weren't there very often. What's to, what is his brother's name? I always get it wrong. I know his yeah. last name's Tug of Viola. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> and I was the it, pop, it's, it's pop like quiz hot shots. To, to Leah. Both, I think it's like to Leah or something yeah, like that. Mr. Tug of Viola, quarterback, go. Maryland. So, I mean, he's on my board. Like, I, I get, my last thing I wrote is like, seems a little raw to me, um, but there's enough there where like I can draft them. Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of body catchers. Um, he's a good athlete. He. I don't know that he's just not refined at all as a wide receiver. I don't know if, if that's even his position. Do you know what I mean? Like that's where I'm at. Like, is he a running back that's trying to play wide receiver? Is he, I just don't, I just don't know. Cause like he's really good with the ball in his hands and he's, I, he's tough and physical. I think he could do some things 
like leaking out of the backfield or even just get, getting him the ball and like jet sweeps and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Screens. Screens, stuff, stuff close to the line of scrimmage. But I don't know how that translates to the NFL. If he fully develops into a wide receiver, sure, he could be something. That's he a, needs time. That's a that's a long bow to kind of. You're literally talking together. 2025 yeah. to it know is. what you have in this player, right? So it's, I, it's well, a long wait. That's why I'm saying fourth, fifth, sixth round. Like probably even not fourth is probably too high to be. I, I would draft him in the fourth. I think the upside that he has compared to there might be some players that are like safer, but their ceiling is like maybe one day there'll be a wide receiver four. Yeah, like I mean, you know, we mentioned before like a guy like Puka compared to like Raheem, like. This is, yeah, like fourth round, like he's he fits that mold of what you're saying. Like, I'd rather hit a guy that's raw, that doesn't know what he's doing, but has the ability to, like, if he somehow figures it out, I have something. I'd rather have that. And he has the pedigree, too. I always like guys that. Well, if he's Stefan Diggs clone, of course he's got pedigree. Exactly. He's got the pedigree and the DNA. I mean, look, they're basically the same guy. <laughs> they're obviously, clearly. Worst conspiracy theory ever. <laughs> clearly, there was time travel. Did you hear all those parallels? <laughs> I was waiting. There was like I, eight different parallels. I was waiting hours for that too. Like he does. Like I'm not gonna ask him what it is. I'm gonna sit here and wait for it. What he, what what took him eight hours to describe? The flash up on the board in one second during the draft. <laughs> <laughs> it's just gonna be all the measurables. They're gonna be right next to each other, and I they're think, gonna be. <laughs> it was. I think what you missed too is like I think he changed his number to where Diggs' number because he grew up idolizing. I think like, he did. Yeah. Diggs as well. So like, <laughs> it goes even deeper. <laughs> That's right. How deep does this well of conspiracy go? It will now take five seconds to explain on well, draft weekend. I can't wait to dive All into right. these other receivers to talk about Same some guy. craziness going on as well. Draft so. Stefan Dix 2.0. Oh, and uh, Scuba Stacy. I can think of 69 reasons why you should change your mind from one to five. <laughs> Let's dive into the next Nerd Herd show, shall we? Sounds good. Adios.